Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Have you ever been in a cave when the tour guide turns off all the lights? It is so dark, you can feel the darkness. You don't dare move because you have no idea what is or isn't around you. There will be times when God seems silent in our darkness of grief. We can't hear him, we can't feel him, we can't see him, but let me assure you that he is there, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We want to trust in God, but many of us, we just can't reconcile the intense pain and the death of our child with the image of God that we want to believe in. We have a hard time believing the hope-filled message of the gospel. A lot of times we think something like, a good God wouldn't let something like this happen. Or, I don't want anything to do with a God like this. I'm not even sure he exists anymore. When we feel like God has left us in the dark, it makes it even harder to believe that God loves us or that he is good. And after the death of your child, you will have to wrestle with your thoughts and your beliefs about God. Hebrews 11.1 is a verse, now don't roll your eyes here, hear me out, okay? It says that faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. If the character of God and our relationship with him is not the foundation for all that happens to us in this life, well, we might as well be believing in the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. You may have heard me talk about how sometimes I like to read from a version of the Bible called the Complete Jewish Bible Translation. And one thing that translation has helped me with is this whole area of faith. Faith really is trust. And this translation, which was done by a Messianic Jew, I think he may have even been a rabbi, I'm not sure, but he does not use the word faith when he translates anything in the New Testament, but he always uses the word trust. And that just makes so many scriptures much more clear to me, especially in the struggles after the death of Becca, of my daughter. And it gives me a more firm foundation in my relationship with God because it makes my being able to have a relationship with him so much easier when I look at it as trust instead of faith. Now, let me try to explain this. Faith has always made me feel like I had to work hard to have it. I had to work to have faith. And then I always questioned, how much faith is enough? I never seemed to be able to have enough faith to make things happen that I thought should be happening. But trust, trust is something that I can lean on or even fall into. When we look at it this way, in the view of trust, replacing the word faith, Hebrews 11.1 says that trusting 
is being convinced about things we do not see. When you think about it, that is what's trusting, right? When we trust someone, we trust a friend, we trust a family member, it's because we have a belief in something that we can't see, but we trust them because we know them, we know their character, and so we can trust them. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by trust, not by what we see. Faith and trust emerge from love. It's not a transaction of I do this and you do that, or if you do this, then I'll do that. That's that's a transaction. That's not faith. That's not trust. It's That's not love. That's Does that make sense that that's more of a transaction than it is relational? You can't work up faith or trust because trust is an outcome of our relationship with God. And it can be in this place of darkness that we can discover that our relationship with him has been, well, I guess pretty superficial based on the good things that we get from him in this life. And then when when something bad happens, we decide we can't trust him. And that is more transactional. It's not relational. And so one thing that I have learned is to ask him, God, what is it about you that I don't understand? I'm struggling here and I want to understand you. I, what am I missing? I know what it looks like. I know what it seems like. But God, show me the truth and help me to receive it and to believe it. The sin and the tragedies in this life, I'm going to say something really interesting and I'm going to repeat it here. The sin and tragedies in this life all boil down to opportunities to see love in action, either to show love or to be loved. So I'm going to say that again. The sin, the tragedies, all the horrible things that happen in this life, it all comes down to opportunities to see love in action, to either show love or to be loved. And it's in his love that you will find a breakthrough. It's like the sun on the other side of a dark night it will break through, or like a seed finally breaking through the earth. It will. It will break through. Nothing can separate you from his love, and that includes life or death. Now, we believed that until our child died, right? That nothing can separate me from God's love, neither life nor death, height, or, you know, that that whole scripture verse. But when our child died, we feel like that verse, we, it's hard to stand on it, isn't it? But it is still true. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing can separate you from God's love. As I was putting this episode together, I discovered something that I had not realized before. From day one, God invaded the dark. Think about Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness 
was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, isn't that interesting that everything, the earth was without form, and darkness was over it. When you think about it, light was not God's canvas of creation. It was darkness. The Lord was there in that darkness. He was already at work in the darkness before light was even created for us. We know that God is light. And yet, in Exodus 20, verse 21, it talks about how the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Isn't that interesting? Psalm chapter 97, verse 2 says, Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. There it is again, that darkness is all around him. Isn't this interesting? Psalm 139, verse 12 says, Even darkness like this is not too dark for you. Rather, night is as clear as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. So even when God is surrounded in what we see as darkness, it's still light for him. In Isaiah 45, verse 3, God is telling Isaiah, and I believe it's something that we can claim for ourselves, I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness. I like how the New Living Translation says this. It says, I will give you riches hidden in the darkness. And I'm not, I don't think it's material riches. I think they are like emotional riches, richness of our soul. But I will give you riches hidden in the darkness and things of great worth that are hidden in secret places. Then you may know that it is I, the Lord God of Israel, who calls you by name. Now here's a, a scripture that I know I struggle with a lot, even before Becca died, but I want to just real quick tackle this, and it is Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. I'm going to read it in the NIV translation first because it, it'll sound a little more familiar to you. It says, We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let me read that in the Passion Translation. It says, Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So let's take this apart for just a minute. Suffering produces perseverance. When we're in a place of darkness and suffering, 
like we are after the death of our child, we can hang on to his promises that he is still in control with a plan and a purpose that we can't see, we don't understand, it doesn't make sense, but we can hang on to his promise that he's still Lord, he is still in control, and this did not blindside him like it did us. Now that perseverance produces character, and this means that we keep going day by day, minute by minute, slowly becoming stronger as we begin to see just little glimpses of light here and there. We start to grow in our trust, in our faith, and without realizing it, we start to mature as we learn who God really is. And then as we develop that character, it produces hope. As so as we grow stronger, we get even more hope that God really, truly is in control, and he has a plan for my life still, and he is faithful, and he is good. And even if I, even if I think I'll never see that goodness here again on this earth, at least I know that he's faithful and good because he has made a way for me to be with my child again. This is not a permanent separation. God's love for you and for your child, for me and for Becca, it was so deep and so intense that he made a way so that we could be together again forever. Wow. I mean, that's incredible when you think about that. And when we have that hope, it does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out on us through the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to how it says in the Passion Translation. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And let me say, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have light in you. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it is there. I know that we want the pain to stop. I heard recently that God spoke to someone in a dream. It was a, it was a really difficult, painful situation. And he was asking for his friend, can't you take his pain away? And God told him in the dream, yes, I could take his pain away, but I would also have to take the love. The only way our pain is going to go away is if we don't love our child anymore. And that's impossible, isn't it? I remember telling God, I just want this pain to stop. I just want to stop hurting so badly. Psalm 62 verse 1 says, I stand silently before the Lord waiting for him to rescue me. Now the word wait, my husband Dave did some research on it when back when we were dating and he wanted to uh, pop the question, ask me to marry him. And he kept hearing God tell him to wait. And so he started doing a study on the word wait and one of the things that he discovered is that the word wait means a carved work. God is doing a carved work. And I know we don't want to wait. We want it all now. We want answers to our questions. We want to know why. And like I said, I remember specifically, I can still picture where I was one of the times where I 
told God, I just want it to stop hurting so much. Last week we talked about Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. God told him to wait for it, for the answer, the revelation will come at the appointed the right time, and it will seem like a suddenly. If you didn't hear that one, you might want to go back and listen to it. Choices we make can affect how we will move forward or if we are going to stay stuck in this darkness because it's not time that heals, but it's what we do with our time and what we choose to believe. And like I talked about last week, asking the right questions, not the ones that leave us stuck because there are no satisfying answers. There is usually a suddenly in coming out of this darkness. The work God is doing is so deep in you, so deep in us, that we cannot see it or feel it so we don't think anything is happening. I know we feel numb for so long, and we wonder how life can keep going on with those around us. But one day, we suddenly realize we're seeing color again, or we find ourselves smiling or laughing. And yes, I know we feel guilty at first. Anne Moss Rogers recently in an email talked about how she remembered her suddenly after her son Charles died by suicide. She was at the airport and she suddenly noticed that people were bumping into her or nodding at her. And she had flown before but had been so numb to all of that. But all of a sudden she noticed the people around her again. Let me just say, it is not betraying your child to learn how to live a life of meaning and purpose again with your child, your son, your daughter no longer here. In fact, I think it's dishonoring to them not to live in a way that honors them by choosing to remain in the darkness, thinking that your pain is what keeps you attached to your child. It is not your pain. It is not the darkness. It's your love for your son or your daughter that keeps them close to you. Your child's life was so much more than the moment of his or her death, which was a horrific, painful moment in time. There is no question about that. Ask God to help you learn how to live your life in a way that honors your son or daughter's life, no matter how short that life may have been, instead of staying stuck in the darkness in the moment of his or her death. God is light, and his light is in you, and it is working its way back through your soul. Trust the process and trust the one who is still leading and guiding you. The darkness is where God does some of his absolute deepest work. It is in the waiting that things happen. And while you wait, ask him what he wants to teach you about himself. Use this time in the darkness to get to know him, the real God, to know his heart, to know that he is faithful, to know that he is there for you no matter what. Since we have so many new listeners, I thought I would talk about the in loving memory hearts we have on the Hope Mobile in case you would like to add your child as we get ready to pull out for the next eight months. 
And for those of you who may not know, Dave, my husband, and I live full-time in a motorhome. We have a seasonal lot at a campground in Wisconsin, which is where our kids and our grandkids are and my mom. But six months out of the year, we pull out and we travel. And we do things like speaking to support groups. We host weekend retreats. And we just meet up with Perivers for dinner or a cup of coffee as we're driving through. We love to do that. We call our house on wheels the Hope Mobile, and it has in loving memory hearts all over it with the names of our kids and where they're from. And we would love to add your son or daughter to the Hope Mobile. It's a $100 sponsorship, which goes toward our gas when we travel, since our house only gets six miles to the gallon. There are seven colors to choose from, and we can do a video call to let you pick the spot where you want that heart to be on the Hope Mobile. To find out more or to get a heart placed, just go to gpshope.org, go to the Donate tab, and click on Sponsor a Memorial Heart Decal. We would be honored to have your son or daughter's name on a heart traveling with us, so I really hope that you check it out. Let's go ahead to our birthday segment for this week. Mitchell Herman was born on August 1st and left us at age 24. Christopher Thomas Bozeman was born on August 2nd and left us at age 32. Eric Lopez was born on August 2nd and left us at age 36. Jacob Gary was born on August 6th and left us at age 21. We join these families in celebrating the day that these children came into the world and into their lives. We know it will always be an important day to us. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a little form to fill out. Submit that with the information. And the week of his or her birthday, I will announce them to our listeners. And we will also send you an email to remind you that week to listen to the podcast to hear your son or daughter's name mentioned. There's also a place to put in a pronunciation. So if your child has an, a name that sometimes gets mispronounced, if you would Put that in there, the correct pronunciation. I would appreciate that because I really want to be able to say your child's name correctly. I will also put a link to that in the show notes, and I will put a link to the heart decals for the Hope Mobile in the show notes as well. Two weeks ago on episode 168, I talked about where is God in my grief. And if you didn't hear that one, you may want to go and listen to it because it kind of ties into this one about finding God in the darkness. Things grow while hidden in the darkness, but we can't see it. God does not promise clarity or direction for down the road, but he does promise to be with us in the darkness. And he isn't just with you. Like I said, he is in you. Sometimes I think we're so busy screaming and yelling at him, telling him how wrong he was, being mad at him, whether that's out loud or just on the inside, 
that we keep ourselves in the darkness because we're pushing him away, which means we're pushing away the light that he wants to bring us. And even if that's not the case, maybe you're not angry at God, maybe you're not you know, mad at him and pushing him away, even if that's not what you're doing, I hope you realize that when our child dies, it does take us to a very dark place for a long time, even with God by our side. I didn't even know that kind of darkness existed until Becca died. The enemy wants to keep you there, but he can't. If you keep resting in God, leaning on him, even when you can't see him, you can't hear him, or you can't feel him in that place of darkness, the enemy cannot keep you there. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And this is why we keep going in the darkness, because one day we will see our child standing next to Jesus and hear him tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord and come be reunited with your child. And as we all wait for that day, remember to have H-O-P-E. Hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.